When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Reliving the War. This week we're going to take a look at the episode of Nitro that took place on May 24th, 1999. The WWF presented the Raw Zone tribute show on this night and I thought it would be best if we split Raw and Nitro up this week. The Reliving the War videos are written about 10 days in advance, so as I'm scripting this video out, the Raw Zone video hasn't even went live on YouTube yet, but Over the Edge has. The video did really well in terms of viewership and I've already sold more merchandise over on Chinlock Box.com these past few days than I have in the last six months or so, so the donation to the Owen Hart Foundation is looking pretty good, as in it's greatly surpassed my expectations. At the end of this month I'll give you guys a figure, and then at the end of March I'll give you guys an updated figure before a full donation gets made. I want to give the foundation one big donation that includes the ad revenue, the merchandise sales from February and March, and all the super chats that you guys sent over. So before beginning this episode of Reliving the War, I I want to say thank you to everyone who donated, everyone who bought a shirt and everyone who watched the Over the Edge and Raw Zone videos. I'm not blowing smoke when I say the community we have built around reliving the war is one of the most respectful communities I've ever seen on the internet. And as hard as it was to completely focus on the Owen Hart stuff for so long, I 100% think it was worth it because of how much support you guys have shown. So again, thank you very much guys. You're gonna feel very proud of yourselves when the donation amount comes in. To give you an idea of what this is going to end up at, we're already looking at around £1,000 through merchandise, super chats and over the edge alone. And the best part is, it's still early days as I record this video. I fully expect my inbox to get flooded with jam up guys wearing their new shirts, so remember to send me over your pictures and I'll get you included in reliving the war. And speaking of jam up guys, here's Jennifer from Tennessee who recently attended NXT Vengeance Day while repping her jam shirt. She was a little concerned that her pictures didn't turn out too well, but we all know a jam master when we see one, so thank you very much for sending your picture Jennifer. Matt meanwhile attended the Royal Rumble and he dished out a lot of wisdom when folks around him questioned and complimented his sweet Chinese proverb shirt. Thank you very much Matt and I hope you enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I watched at home and I thought it was a good show. Right, let's watch WCW Nitro. I think we could all do with a good laugh right about now, so let's see what happened in Greenville, South Carolina. A graphics displayed in memory of Owen Hart at the beginning of Nitro this week and Tony Schiavone also sent condolences from everyone at WCW to Bret Hart and the Hart family. There may have been a Monday Night War going on but this was all respectfully put aside which is something you have to give WCW credit for. 
We have Bam Bam Bigelow and DDP attacking Raven and Saturn in the backstage area. The tag team champions told Bam Bam to find a partner for an upcoming tag team title match, and so it looks like Paige is moving away from the world title picture to focus on the tag team championships. Our first match then is Chavo Guerrero vs Van Hammer. Van Hammer's given up the hippie gimmick and Bobby Heenan says he's updated himself for the 90s. Not sure about that mate, but it's not like it really matters. This lad's been in WCW for a very long time and he's achieved nothing at all, unfortunately. His chokeslam right here looked great though, maybe more of a bill than a chokeslam, but it still looked good. And color me surprised, Van Hammer won the match after Neil and Chavito with an Alabama slam. Step 1, defeat Chavo. Step 2, win the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm sure we'll be seeing Van Hammer in the main event of Starcade very soon. Disco Inferno then came to the ring all beaten and bruised. To give you a little context here, Randy Savage went absolutely insane on WCW Thunder and Disco, Buff Bagwell, Kidman, Rey Mysterio and Conan all felt the wrath of the Macho Man. Randy's now a full blown heel, I think and Randy wants a world title shot against Kevin Nash at the upcoming Great American Bash pay-per-view. Disco calls Macho pathetic, he's supposed to be a legend but he's running around with three chicks he'd pick up at a bowling alley at 4 o'clock in the morning. If Macho really wanted to find Nash, all he had to do was ask the Inferno, seeing as Disco has all of Nash's contact info, including his AOL instant messenger handle and his Yahoo chat username. But no, Macho wanted to make a statement and in doing so, he almost broke Buff Bagwell's neck and Disco's also having vision problems. Maybe Disco should stop spanking his little Inferno and those vision problems would go away, no? Disco thinks Macho's afraid of the young talent in WCW and Disco says Macho's caused himself a lot of problems by going after the young blood. So is this another Disco Inferno babyface turn that's gonna last about two weeks tops? I can almost guarantee it is. Here comes Ernest Miller to call Disco a crybaby. The cat says no one wants to hear Disco complain. The people want to see Ernest Miller dance. Disco tells Miller to get out of the ring, the two start fighting and Miller ends up getting the better of Disco right here. The cat beats Disco with his shoe and seeing as Disco already had a mangled face, this attack certainly didn't help matters. So Disco gets brought out of the ring like a burn victim and Miller issues an open challenge. Anyone who thinks they're hard enough can come into the ring and take on the cat. We cut to the NWO black and white locker room and the boys tell Scott Norton that Miller's calling them out again. Yes, we have seen this exact same scenario play out before and there was no resolution last time so God knows what's going on here. Norton walks down to the ring, he hits two clotheslines and a chop on Ernest. Miller gets out and he makes his excuses before heading back up the ramp and Nitro takes a commercial break. Hoping something comes of all this but you guys know the score by now, nothing's guaranteed in this company. Ric Flair's having a word with jam-up guy El Dandy. The nature boy knows that Dandy's a serious professional and so Slick Rick wants to make the jam master WCW's number one Latin superstar. Rick says no more tacos and no more hot peppers, El Dandy will be eating steaks on this side of the river forever and I'm not making that up by the way. If Jammy Dandy wants to have these luxuries, all he has to do is job out to David Flair tonight in the ring when AA gives the signal and that's it, El Dandy will be a made man. Dandy agrees and he walks away to prepare for his match, but here comes Buddy Lee Parker. The sergeant's annoyed that Flair didn't give him his comfy little office job he was promised last week and Flair acts dumb. The nature boy reminds Parker that he's the president and things get a bit heated, but Rick then changes his approach and he says he's gonna let Parker rub shoulders with the four horsemen tonight on Nitro. If Parker can be Chris Benoit in the ring then he's gonna get everything he's owed and AA confirms that Parker will be a made man too if he gets the job 
job done tonight in the ring. That match is going to happen later on. Rick's going to get interviewed next by Mean Gene Okerlund, but before that, Mike Tanay confirms that Macho Man Randy Savage will get his title shot at the Great American Bash. Kevin Nash went to the executive committee, and it was Nash who actually demanded that the match take place. So join me soon, and we'll take a look at the whole pay per view on Reliving the War. Flair comes out and he confirms that Macho's got his title shot, however Macho won't be allowed to use the elbow drop. Charles Robinson legitimately suffered a collapsed lung and several broken vertebrae when he took the elbow last week in that mixed tag match, so this is getting weaved into the current main event storyline and Flair's officially making the elbow drop an illegal move. Finally, Rick says he's the president of WCW, not Roddy Piper, not Eric Bischoff. The Nature Boy apparently is the one who controls World Championship Wrestling. Right, time for some good old nepotism. David Flair vs El Dante. What you're going to hear next is unedited audio featuring me watching this match from start to end. I pause the match every now and then to talk about what's going on and I'll obviously remove any silences and whatnot, but I wanted this part to be completely unscripted. Let's check it out. Alright, here comes El Dandy, the jam's just oozing all over my monitor right now. Incredible hair by the way. We've got Double A, Ric Flair and Tori coming out with David Flair, this lad needs all the backup he can get. Why is David Flair's face so red? It looks like he gets slapped in the face just before walking down to the ring every time he has a wrestling match. Alright, there's a shove from David, he must be stronger than El Dandy. He's running in and... <laughs> bit, of, bit of a trip up there, but that's okay. David hits the ropes and... Let me stop. He doesn't attack those ropes at all, does he? He just kind of leans into them. Close line from David Flair, he's looking good. Dandy gets up, drop to... <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he bumps like a plank of wood. Just play this again here. There's a kick from Jam Master Dandy. He's getting up. Drop. Oh. <laughs> what happened? What the fuck happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let, let me see that again. <laughs> David was just like, that doesn't work for me, brother, <laughs> and he refused to bump for Dandy's dropkick. Why, why does it... <laughs> why, why does he just stand there afterwards? <laughs> He's miraculously making both himself and his opponent look absolutely terrible. Uh, there's a kick from David. Again, he just stands about waiting for his opponent to come in at him. There's no urgency at all. He's going for a suplex and yeah, okay, that was fine, but you'll never make up for that no sale earlier on. That's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Let me see it again. Hold on a second. Oh, David Flair, you madman. <laughs> what are you doing? Right, right, okay, get it together, get it together. Dandy smacks David in the face. Rick's getting on the apron. Here comes Arn Anderson getting in the ring. Why is Arn Anderson attacking El Dandy when Dandy said he'd lie down for David? It makes no sense. Spinebuster, brilliant pop from the audience right there. Arn's out, David wakes up. Yep, he's going to put on the figure four. <laughs> he can't even put the figure four on, right? My God. David wins via submission, and that was even worse than the Ming match. <laughs> Best episode of Nitro ever. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Let's see the drop kick again. 
<laughs> he just stands there. <laughs> I'm going to start calling him David. He just stands there, flair. <laughs> Buff Bagwell gets interviewed next, and Buff thinks Disco Inferno's onto something. Maybe Macho Man and the old guard of WCW are getting a little jealous of the young blood, and maybe the old timers feel threatened by guys like Kidman, Mysterio, and Buff Daddy. For now, though, Bagwell's focused on his TV title match. Buff announces he's facing Rick Steiner tonight, and Bagwell reminds everyone about Rick putting him on the shelf not too long ago after the Steiner Bulldog. Bagwell's focused tonight, though, and he doesn't really care if Big Papa Pump shows up. Buff says he's the stuff and all the people in Greenville know it. Again, Buff is getting some good crowd reactions, it's a babyface turn that's actually working pretty well. A video then played that took an in-depth look at Eric Bischoff's journey in WCW with a heavy focus on his defection to the NWO and how he's now seemingly turned a new page. It's a good little primer for those who may have missed all this, but it kinda reminded me of how good Nitro used to be in comparison to where we are now. I definitely missed the 1997 stuff a whole lot, but well, what you gonna do, brother? 12 cruiserweights then walk down to the ring for a battle royal. The winner of this one gets a cruiserweight title shot next week. And it's been a while since we've had a battle royal on Nitro, so I really wanted to enjoy this one. Blitzkrieg and Lash LaRue were the first men eliminated. That jabroni Prince Iakea got thrown out by Billy Kidman. And then Hugh Morris came to the ring to completely ruin everything. Looks like this up and coming cruiserweight Hugh Morris is part of the match as he gets in the ring and starts eliminating everyone. He even throws the referee out of the ring too because why not. Juventud Guerrero threatens to make love to Big Morris but he backs out at the last second. So Juve eliminates himself by going through the middle ropes because I'm guessing that's part of the rules, I have no idea. And so it comes down to Kidman and Hugh Morris. It's not looking good for Billy Boy as Hugh launches him in the air before running him down with a clothesline. Morris then pulls off the seemingly impossible task of powerbombing Billy Kidman and we then see the no laughing matter moonsault. Morris goes up for another moonsault but Rey Mysterio runs down to help out his buddy. Morris gets drop kicked out of the ring so I'm guessing Kidman wins this battle royal although there's no referee to make it official. We will come back to this later on though. Morris wants a little revenge and we get to see the beginning of a new faction getting formed in WCW. President Roddy Piper, Commissioner Roddy Piper, I don't know what he is, but the hot rod makes his way down to the ring to get interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund. He gets a few cheap pops before getting down to serious business. He says Macho Man hit him with a pile driver last week and Piper was left laid out on the canvas. So Roddy gets on the mat and he tells Macho to come out. The hot rod wants to pick up where he and Savage left off last week. Miss Madness, Gorgeous George and Medusa walk down to the ring and look at Medusa. My god, she's really running the risk of getting me demonetized here. Roddy makes a few jokes, wondering if all these parts he's seeing in front of him are interchangeable, wondering what Miss Madness had to do to earn her sash. Medusa gets spared here for some reason, which is funny seeing as she looks the most ridiculous out of all three women, but nonetheless, Gorgeous George says Macho isn't here tonight because he's getting honoured somewhere, yeah, it's all very vague. And Piper says George is really too young to be dating someone like Macho Man. She really should be dating guys from Baywatch and not someone from the Adams family. 
Roddy starts getting a bit fired up though, so here comes Ric Flair with a sneak attack. The Nature Boy and the Hot Rod go at it, and just when Piper was getting the upper hand, DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow rush in to back up Flair. Piper gets destroyed by all three men, and the beatdown ends with a diving headbutt from Bigelow. And Page then tells Flair that the president owes him one. Rick asks DDP what he wants, and Page says he and Bigelow want a tag team title shot at the Great American Bash. Flair says it's done, Page and Bigelow versus Raven and Saturn's gonna happen at the paper. Review, and the segment ends with Flair attacking Piper on the outside while announcing another match for the pay-per-view. We're going to see Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair again guys and I honestly can't believe WCW would book this match again after how bad their slamboree match was just a few weeks ago. Backstage, Malenko and Benoit are annoyed that Flair would give DDP and Bigelow a tag team title shot while leaving the horsemen high and dry. Malenko says it's not only he and Benoit who are annoyed, there's more guys in the back who can't get a break and it seems like you need to be over 45 years old to get any opportunities in WCW. This all plays into what Disco Inferno said earlier on by the way. Benoit reveals that AA told him to wait until Ric Flair's got some stroke in WCW and things would get better, but since Flair became president, the Nature Boys only looked after himself. Dean and Chris come to the conclusion that they need to start looking after themselves in order to progress in WCW, and Malenko once again makes mention of other talent on the roster who are fed up with how things are going in the company. We cut over to some video clips next. The first is all about the grand opening of the WCW Nitro Grill in Las Vegas. Let me know in the comments if you had the pleasure of eating here because, not gonna lie, I would have loved to have gone here back in the day. The next video is all about WCW partnering up with Tommy Boy Records and this, my friends, is gonna lead us into a storyline that features Kurt Hennig and a few of his most trusted friends. Kurt visits the commentary table and he's a little annoyed that he beat Conan last week, yet WCW have no time for him this week. Instead, the company want to talk about rap music and Tommy Boy Records and Kurt reveals that he's not a fan of hip-hop at all. He even spits a few bars to show how ridiculously easy it is to rap. I'm a rap, I'm a sap, cause it's the crap. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. I'm a rap, I'm a sap, this is a crap, crap. <laughs> Kurt says he can do anything, he can sing, dance, do cartwheels in the ring, he's the best wrestler in the world and these rappers should basically stay in their lane. Tony Schiavone invites Kurt to hang around to provide commentary and Kurt says he'll do just that. Piper's in the back getting taped up and not only does he accept the Flair match at Great American Bash, he also wants Flair, DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow in the ring tonight for a six man tag. Piper doesn't reveal who his partners are going to be but he does say he's going to name them Phantom and Menace. He also says DDP stands for Don't Diss Piper, so clearly there's some high quality gear going around the locker room tonight on WCW Nitro. Chris Benoit vs Buddy Lee Parker took place next and Benoit's wearing a black armband tonight for Owen Hart. 
I'm not your buddy, Lee Parker lays the boots in, and when the referee pulls him away from Chris, he just goes right back to lay in more offense. He then throws Chris into the corner, but Benoit gets a boot up, and this leads to Parker taking a few German suplexes. A few chops in the corner from Chris get followed up with a hook clothesline. Benoit then delivers a back suplex. Parker replies with a power slam, while Kurt Hennig complains about the lack of competition here in WCW, and Chris answers with a drop to a hold. It's a shame Buddy Parker didn't teach David Flair how to take this move. Chris hits an enziguri before going up for the headbutt, Chris delivers his signature move and Parker taps out to the crossface. Looks like Buddy Lee Parker won't be getting his comfy office job after all. Dean Malenko pays attention to the fans reaction, he tells the camera that this is what people want to see. Next up, Rick Steiner came to the ring for his TV title defense against Buff Bagwell. Scotty Steiner is here with his brother tonight and Big Papa Pump apologizes to the female fans watching at home because he's not wrestling tonight. He does say, and I quote, when the big bad booty daddy's on top, he keeps it tight and he won't stop until his freak says, BOOM SHAKALAKA! My god. Scott tells the people to bow down to the US champion, bow down to the TV champion, and most importantly, bow down to the greatest tag team that ever lived. Rick says he's going right after Bagwell's neck in this match, he says he's the DFG and he's going nowhere, and when Buff finally gets down to the ring, he gets attacked by both Steiner brothers, so not a great start for the challenger. Scott gets thrown out of the ring and Buff hits a running crossbody followed by a dropkick. A brief comeback from Rick gets stopped with a neckbreaker and a bulldog from Buff Daddy, but Rick's on form tonight as he slams Bagwell into the corner and he follows up with a ton of punches. Scott gets in a cheap shot on the outside and Buff takes a Steiner line back inside the ropes. The TV champ then wrenches down on the challenger's neck before the match goes to the outside and Rick tries to end Buff's career with a pile driver on the exposed floor. If this wasn't bad enough, Rick goes for an aerial attack while Scott holds Buff across the apron, but then the Steiners get distracted by the sound of a very loud engine. A Sting monster truck pulls up to the entranceway and the Steiners stop their attack. Someone wearing a Sting mask appears from the monster truck and it's Lex Luger. Meanwhile, the real Sting showing up in the ring to help out Bagwell and the match gets thrown out when the Steiners decide to back off and Nitro takes a commercial break. Very cool seeing a monster truck again on WCW Nitro, but the match we got here was nothing to write home about. Kurt Hennig still complaining about K-Dong and rap music, yeah he said K-Dong. Kurt wants to hear some Willie Nelson or some good old country music because this rap music is, well, well, rap is crap. Steve Blackman heard what Kurt Hennig said here by the way and he wasn't amused at all. Conan comes out to defend the honor of rap music and Kurt gets beaten up on the outside. Hennig is able to lay in a few boots when the two get in the ring, but Conan comes back with his rolling lariat followed by the K-Factor facebuster. The two end up fighting all the way back up the entranceway, but Conan's gonna make another appearance in just a moment. Hugh Morse appears in the ring after a commercial break and he echoes the same sentiments as Disco, Buff, Malenko and Benoit. He says he only wanted to change things up when he got involved in the Cruiserweight Battle Royal because he's been here for 4 years and he's wrestling the same guys in the same matches over and over again. He then calls out Mysterio and Mysterio dashes down to the ring. And look at this perfect land salt followed by the perfect shoulder catch, unreal. Ray does put up a good fight here and you'd think you'd have no problems taking out Morris seeing as he's defeated other big dudes in WCW, but Morris ends up destroying Ray and this powerbomb right here looked like it hurt a lot. 
Jimmy Hart sets a chair around Mysterio's neck and Morris goes up for the moonsault. Conan then shows up and he warns Morris not to do it. And while Morris is busy with Conan, Kidman gets in the ring with one of the greatest slides you'll ever see in your life. Morris gets powerbombed, Jimmy Hart gets taken out with Conan's rolling lariat. Morris then takes a Bronco Buster from Mysterio, followed by a shooting star press from Billy. And there you go, the filthy animals have arrived in WCW. Conan calls the group the filthy animals on the next episode of Thunder, but the name doesn't officially stick until later in the year. But they would turn out to be quite popular and one of the more noteworthy WCW factions of this era. Well, 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 look who's back. Hollywood Hogan's here on Nitro and he's wearing one cowboy boot and one sneaker. NWO for life, brother. The Hulkster's even got some pyro, so someone must be feeling sorry for him. Hulk says his leg's getting better every day, but before getting into all that, Hulk wants to congratulate Kevin Nash for winning the World Championship. Hulk says he's coming after DDP when he heals up, but he also says he's been watching all sorts of wrestling while sitting at home, and he's not happy with the quote triple X wrestling going on in the WWF right now, and he's not happy with how things are going recently on WCW Nitro. Hulk says he's the master of politics, the man with all the stroke. Fancy guys like Goldberg and Piper in the ring, but they don't have any idea what they're like in the back. So when Hogan gets healthy, he's gonna change the whole business and he's gonna make changes to WCW. I think Hogan's saying here he's gonna get to some serious politicking when he comes back because this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but there you have it. A very weird statement made by Hulk Hogan and one that surely left casual fans wondering what on earth was going on. After a break, the world champion Kevin Nash comes out for an interview and yeah, this has been a promo heavy episode of Nitro this week, hasn't it? Big Sexy says being in front of this crowd tonight is just too sweet, and Nash acknowledges the rampage that Macho Man Randy Savage went on this past week on Thunder. Kev says where he grew up, if you had a problem with someone, you sorted it out mano a mano, you don't beat up everyone else to prove a point. So Nash confirms that Macho will get his opportunity to fight Big Kev at the Great American Bash. Kev promises to put a little shine on the world belt, seeing as he plans on holding it for a very long time. But hold up, here comes Medusa, Miss Madness, and uh, Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George on crutches, even though she was walking absolutely fine earlier on. Is anyone paying attention, or are they purposely trying to troll us here? Nash thinks Medusa is the leader of the pack here, so he tells her that he enjoyed watching Gorgeous George wrestle, but he'd prefer to see her box. Gonna admit that was pretty funny. Medusa tries to smack Nash, Nash grabs her hand, and surprise surprise, George hits Nash with her crutch. Big Kev no sells it, but he takes a low blow from Medusa before Macho Man hits the ring. Nash gets smacked with his own championship belt, and it all ends with Macho once again putting lipstick all over Big Sexy's face. Anyone out there actually enjoying this version of Randy Savage? I can't say I'm a big fan, to be honest. Our main event features DDP, Bam Bam Bigelow and Ric Flair teaming up to take on Roddy Piper and his two mystery partners. Roddy Piper, DDP and Bigelow are also wearing armbands for Owen Hart tonight by the way. This clearly wasn't compulsory because not all guys were wearing the armband but these guys wanted to do it anyway. 
After a commercial break, Ric Flair gets joined by Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit, and then the penny drops. Benoit and Malenko are not here to support Flair, they're here to team up with Roddy Piper. The four horsemen are no more ladies and gents, and horseman business has officially ended in reliving the war. So it's a 3 on 2 match here, Dean Malenko isn't cleared to wrestle tonight so he leaves the ring after refusing a handshake from Ric Flair, and we start off with Benoit and Flair trading chops before Chris performs a back body drop. Bigelow and Page run in and Benoit fights them off all by himself. The fans cheer as Benoit goes completely in control here and Piper doesn't have to do a single thing. Flair heads back up the ramp but Benoit gives chase, Rick dashes back down to the ring to avoid Benoit's chops and the dirtiest player in the game gets the upper hand with an eye poke. A chop puts Benoit on the mat and this allows DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow to make a few quick tags and Chris finds himself in a bad spot after taking a corner splash from Bigelow. Chris then ends up in the wrong corner and he gets his ass kicked before Flair comes back in with a low blow. Bigelow then tries to finish the match with a diving headbutt but he misses his mark and this allows Benoit to make the tag to Piper. Our match then ends when Saturn and Raven hit the ring to go after Paige and Bigelow. These four fight on the outside while Piper applies his signature sleeper hold. Asia then attacks Piper from behind, so we have a DQ finish in tonight's main event. Raven, Saturn and the Jersey Boys fight all the way to the back while Piper puts Flair in a figure four, and it all ends with Flair rolling out of the ring while wondering what the hell just happened. The four horsemen are no more, we will never see the faction again in WCW. And just before Nitro fades out, we see that Hollywood Hogan's got a little revenge on Diamond Dallas Page. Yo Page, paybacks are hell brother, that's just the beginning. Not a terrible episode of Nitro to be honest, it wasn't great but it still held my attention from start to end so not bad at all. No real standout matches unfortunately but the promos that carried the show forward worked pretty well. David Flair vs El Dandy was an all timer though and it's definitely getting inducted into the Reliving the War Hall of Fame. We'll get back on track next week with Raw and Nitro going head to head and as the weeks progress I'll keep you guys updated on the money being raised for the Owen Hart Foundation. Thank you very very much for watching, I appreciate you guys still coming over for this episode even though there was no Raw's war action this week, but normal service will resume next week. Take care everyone and enjoy the rest of your night.